If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Tom. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 127 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by OP Seats. Uh, head on over to opseat.com and use the coupon code RUNJUMPSIT for $10 off of your gaming chair. These chairs are very, very comfortable with excellent lumbar support. You will not regret buying a chair from OP Seat. I'm sitting in one right now. Again, that's opseat.com, and for $10 off your chair, use the coupon code RUNJUMPSIT. Okie dokie! Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week, 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesday, Thursday, and on Saturday at whatever time the universe allows. Tune in live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, just like the following awesome people did. Uh, we've got uh, Kodiak Moonwolf is here, Vaxer is here, uh, Awate86, Aerslia, Hatred Shaped Like a Man, Kimbalina66, Link31254, Lumberjoke2, Merkito, Rezd, TV, who be this might, and some lurkers as well. Thank you guys so much for showing up. Oh, I can see Doyle's Bane is also here. Hello, Doyle's Bane. Uh, thank you all for showing up to hang out with me on this first episode of 2018. I appreciate it. Uh, we've got a review from Razor Wire Shrine, which is a hard name to say. He gave five stars on Apple Podcast. He said, this guy is good and craftily spoken. He did that in quotes because of run jump or because of switchcraft. Um, his episodes are bite-sized and full of flavor. Truly a delight to listen to. Well, your review was truly a delight to read. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, we've got email. At, if you want to email us, you can do so at emailing runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Let's take a look at this, this email that we got over break. So we received an email from Kid Curdy. They said, hey, RJS, it's Kid Curdy. Remember how I had to send you my iTunes reviewed via Discord because you thought you missed it? Well, I think I figured it out. I'm Canadian, and since I have Canada as my region in iTunes, I believe you can only see American reviews. I also saw another one that you didn't read. Here's a screenshot if you'd like. Um, I can... L-Y-K... Oh, I can look if I see a new review... Uh, keep up the podcast. One of my favorite parts of the week, uh, Kid Curdy. And it looks like they forgot to actually attach the image of the screenshot, but I appreciate the thought. And that never occurred to me that uh, people were reviewing the show in other uh, locations and I wasn't able to see those. So I'm going to see if I can figure out a way that I can look at them without changing my iTunes account. Um, if anybody knows how to do that, let me know. Uh, but 
thank you for emailing me and letting me know about that. I appreciate it. Um, if you're looking for other ways to get a hold of me, you can tweet at me at Run Jump Stomp. You can call and leave a voice voicemail at 260 Run Jump. That's 260 786 5867. And of course, join our Discord at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord and have fantastic conversations with awesome people. Uh, Res TV just sent me a message on uh, in the live ch- channel. He says, mypodcastreviews.com. Okay, I will check that out, Res. Thank you very much. Uh, you're awesome for being on the ball with that kind of stuff. All right. It has been a long time since the last episode. This is the first episode of the uh, new year. So the last time that I actually talked about Nintendo news uh, was like a week ago, more than a week ago. And because of that, there's a lot of stuff that we probably missed. I'm not going to go over everything because that would make the show way too long. I'm just going to pick out the, the the stories that I felt like were the most important. So let's go ahead and talk about those stories. Mario Brothers, new from Atari. Nintendo is delaying 64 gigabyte cards. And when I talk about cards, I'm talking about the cartridges that you get your game on if you buy a physical version. And they're going to be delaying them until 2018 due to technical reasons, is what they've said. Uh, this is via a Wall Street Journal article. Um, I, there were also other articles parroting the same thing. Uh, th- those are the ones that I read, but I think it started with a Wall Street Journal article. Uh, but Nintendo is delaying these cards for publishers. Um, and a lot of people are upset about this. But I really don't think there's any reason for people to really care about this, and this is why. Right now, we have 32 gigabyte cards available. And instead of using those, a lot of devs are going with smaller and cheaper cards in order to save money so that they can maximize their profits. They are a business. That is their job. I have no, I I, I find no fault with them. Would it be better for the consumer if they bought the bigger cards and put the whole game on there? Yes. But a lot of developers are not doing that. So we get games where you buy a game in the store, you bring it home, and then you have to download this huge patch, uh, which takes up a lot of room on your SD card, or if you have an SD card, which if you're playing on a Nintendo Switch, you really should have an SD card. So... While I think it would be better if Nintendo had these 64 gigabyte cards available for publishers that wanted them, what I really think would happen is most publishers wouldn't bother. They'd still go with the cheaper cards because that maximizes their profits, and they know that people are going to um, just buy it anyway. Uh, and, you know, that's that's on us as consumers. We should vote with our wallet when we don't like something. But I think a lot of times people, they they take the good and they take the bad and you take them both. And there you have the facts of life. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, you take the good parts and you take the bad parts and you look at them and you're like, well, which ones are more important to me? And, you know, playing a good game for most people is more important than um, saying I'm not going to play it because I don't like their business practices here. Uh So I think that while I'm not happy that we're getting a delay, I'm not surprised. And I'm sure Nintendo will bring out the 64 gigabyte cards. But in the long run, I don't think it'll make much of a difference. Now, the one thing that I will point out that I think is very important is that Nintendo 
has very small file sizes. When you look at first-party Nintendo games, their file sizes are very, very small compared to other stuff. So games like Breath of the Wild have a very small footprint digitally than, say, WWE 2K17. I think that's the name of the game. Or we'll say Doom, you know? Uh, Doom had this massive download for the multiplayer, uh, whereas Super Mario Odyssey uh, was a quite a svelte by comparison download. Um, so I think that what Nintendo really should be doing is teaching these third-party companies how to best optimize, because Nintendo clearly has some kind of m- magic that they're pulling off in order to make these games so small. Um, and Nintendo needs to work with devs to shrink their games and optimize them for the Nintendo Switch and for a small footprint. When you are a developer who is coming from uh, PS4 and Xbox One, those platforms have Blu-rays, which hold 50 gigabytes a piece, I think. I could be wrong. I'm just doing that off the top of my head. They hold 50 gigabytes a piece. And the idea that they then have to take that 50 gigabytes and find a way to compress it into some smaller uh, form factor, that's tough. And I think a lot of developers are saying, well, you know what, we'll just have them download that stuff and then we don't have to worry about it. And we don't have to spend the money on the conversion and we don't have to uh, pay to, uh, I guess I already kind of covered that. Anyway, that's my thoughts on this subject. I, I'm very curious as to what you guys think. Uh, do you think it's acceptable for studios to use a smaller, um, a smaller card or a smaller cartridge than they need to fit the game? Or do you think Nintendo should require third-party devs to buy a bigger cartridge for their game because then it's a better consumer experience. Keep in mind, if they do that, then the price of the games might go up. It's a very interesting conundrum that that we would have to deal with if Nintendo uh, required that. And I'm curious as to what you guys think. Email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Look for details on how to win your Nintendo prize wherever you see these Pepsi holiday displays. So for those of you that don't know, back in September, uh, we found out that Nintendo had kind of hidden a version of Golf, the original black box NES game uh, programmed by none other than Shigeru, not Shigeru Miyamoto, um, oh my God, my brain, uh, Satoru Iwata, uh, programmed by Satoru Iwata. And in order to open up that game, you had to open up the Switch on uh, an unpatched Switch uh, on a certain day, which I can't remember the day, it was July 11th. That was the day that he passed away. Um, and you had to do the the motion that he would do for um, the Nintendo Direct. He would always say directly to you and kind of hold his hands out like that. So if you took the Joy-Cons in your hand on July 11th and did the, and I can't do it because the microphone's in front of me, but did the motion of the Nintendo Direct motion that Satoru Iwata often did, then it would unlock this golf game, and it was called Flog, which is golf spelled backwards. And that's a really cool thing for them to do. But it looks like 
Nintendo has now removed the game from the, from the Switch's hardware. Um, so recently, a group of hackers uh, did another check, and it looks like the emulation was wiped from the 4.0.0 patch. Uh, and so it's now gone. Now, why is it gone? We don't know. Maybe this is because we're going to be able to buy it via virtual console. Maybe we'll get it with our subscription to the online service that we're waiting for them to announce this year. Uh, We're really not sure why the reason is, but it's gone. And that's too bad because I thought it was a really cool tribute to uh, Mr. Iwata. And for those of you who are new to Nintendo, you might not know who Mr. Iwata was. He was the president of Nintendo during the... Uh, at the, I believe at the end of the GameCube era through the Wii and then the Wii U. And he was a guy that worked at HAL Laboratories and um, he had his hands in so many games. And he was a, he was a game developer and uh, he, he was uh, big in uh, the instrument or in, in getting things done like, um, like Earthbound. Uh, he was huge in the development of Super Smash Brothers, and he has his name on a whole lot of games. So uh, he's definitely somebody who I think a lot of gamers looked up to, and it was a really nice tribute of Nintendo or by Nintendo to include this. And it just feels, you know, kind of sad that they took that away. It and honestly, I don't think that there's a lot of people out there who would run out and buy the golf game on the Nintendo there's a lot better golf games that you could get um so I I almost feel like it would have been a good idea to just leave it there or maybe just turn it into a pack-in like hey everybody everybody who bought a switch in the first year here you go here's golf you know I think that that would have been really cool of them of course you know anybody who didn't get a switch in the first year would have been upset about that but anyway uh, we miss you, Mr. Iwata. New Super Mario Land, another exciting game for Game Boy. It's sold separately. Back on December 28th, uh, Nintendo President Tatsumi Kimishima, uh, he was interviewed by a Japanese publication, and uh, NintendoEverything.com has translated uh, his interview. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I don't want to take their content and make it my own, but there is one thing that I definitely want to talk about. And that is that he said that we should expect to see more Switch games using HD Rumble and the Joy-Con camera next year. Uh, So he said, start thinking about, and they also started thinking about their next console. Well, let me tackle that last part first. It's not a big surprise that Nintendo has already started development on their next console. That's exactly what console makers do. That's not news. All right. The, The news here is that they are using or they're they're planning on using the Joy-Con camera and HD Rumble. Now, HD Rumble you can you can make a game use that with very little impact on the overall style of gameplay whereas the Joy-Con camera is completely different. Now, for those of you who have forgotten, if you take your your right-hand Joy-Con and you look at the bottom of it, it has a little camera there. And when they did their announcement back in January of last year, they talked about how it could be used to sense shapes. I think um, Mr. Koizumi, who is in charge of the Mario franchise, he was using it and showing that you could 
detect a circle and compare that to a triangle and things like that. Um, so when when we hear of things like this, that they're going to be focusing on that, that makes me nervous. This is something that they've done very little of. The I think the only game that really uses it is 1-2-Switch in that weird sandwich-eating game where you hold the Joy-Con up to your mouth and then open and close your mouth really quickly to try and eat the sandwiches faster. Those are not the kind of games that I feel that most people who bought the Switch are interested in. I feel like most people who bought the Switch are interested in the games that we have been playing up until now. And the idea that Nintendo wants to shift a focus and bring out more games that use the the Joy-Con camera, while that makes me a little nervous, it's also not that big a deal. And I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here uh, because if if they're going to be um, using the Joy-Con camera, that doesn't mean that it has to be the main focus of the game. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be developing other games that don't use these features. Uh, it's just something that Mr. Kimishima said. So I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, I, I'm interested to find out what it is that they're going to do with the Joy-Con camera. But at the same time, I hope that it's not the the goal of the game. Now, what games do I think would probably use that? I think games like Mario Party would be big for that. Um, maybe you would um, have a mini game where everybody has to go find a an object that is a certain shape in the house and point the Joy-Con camera at it. That sounds kind of cool as a small part of a game. But, oh, you know what? It would be kind of cool to have, um, oh gosh, what is the franchise? There's a franchise where you're a little robot and you've got a cord that you could plug into things. Chibi Robo, I think is the name of the game. Um, that would be an interesting thing because there was a Chibi Robo game on the 3DS where you could take pictures of items and then import them into uh, your game. Yes, Kirby Geek uh, is confirming it's Chibi Robo. Thank you, Kirby Geek. Um, I think that would be kind of a cool game because the Switch is a portable console. And so as you go out into the world, you could use it to take pictures. And we don't know... They said it's shape-sensing, so I don't think it, it can actually take a real picture. But if it's shape-sensing, then maybe you could find these things to um, to bring into your game that way. Res TV in chat says they could bring back barcode battlers with actual barcode scanning. Uh, if you don't remember what that is, there was an add-on, I think it was to the Game Boy... Uh, where you could put in this cartridge and then you could you would collect barcodes and then you would scan them and they would give you like um some something that you could use in game. I don't remember because I never had one of those, uh, but I think it was almost like a Pokemon style monster uh, thing where it, it was from your barcode generated this monster that you could have in your game, which is kind of cool. Uh, so you know those are some cool ideas where. Again, it could be very cool as long as it's not the only the focus of the game. And Doyle's Bane in chat makes a really good point. It could lead to the return of Wii uh, era shovelware. Um, it really depends on how how well it's used. There's a lot of times when Nintendo puts out a feature and that feature is 
other developers start to make games using that feature, but they just do really low effort games. And this is a a lot of times when people say, well, Nintendo gamers don't buy third-party software. We only buy first-party software. That's mostly because of shovelware issues. Now, the Switch hasn't been having shovelware issues. Not too bad. Uh, there's been some games on the, on the Switch that have been not great. I think there was this one where you flew, flew a broom and you were a witch. That game looked like a disaster. And I guarantee that there's other games after 300 games in the first year. I guarantee some of those games are, are stinkers. Um, but for the most part, the games on the Switch have been really good. I don't think that we have to worry about the, the shovelware on the Switch. It seems like developers have the right idea. Um, that being said, in this first year, most of those were developers who were already working on the Switch long before it was announced. And the games that we start to see in 2018 are going to be from developers that uh, are they're coming late to the party. And because they're late to the party, they may be in a rush and they may rush their game and do a bad job. And then it'll look like shovelware. Uh, Doyle's Bane is correct. It's called Vroom and the Night Sky. That game looked like hot garbage. Anyway, um, so that's what Kimishima says that we can expect. I don't think that he means that we can expect that kind of stuff exclusively. I think he's just saying, look, we know that you paid to have these cameras in your Joy-Cons and we're not using them. And I think that he's saying, we're sorry about that. We're going to make sure that you use them in the future. Since the last time that I recorded, I've been playing mostly Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I received that as a Christmas gift. I'm really enjoying that game. You can look forward to my full review. I'll post that on my YouTube channel. And I'll I'll also talk about it on the podcast a little bit. Um, But I've been playing it. I'm not going to talk too much about it right now. I'm just letting you know that that's what I've been playing. Um, I've also been playing a game called Cat Quest. Uh, This game is really cool. It's got super bright, colorful graphics. uh, Two-dimensional, top-down ARPG uh, featuring a cat. And uh, if you want to get an idea of what the game is like, I have a preview uh, up on my YouTube channel. Just click the link in the show notes or go to youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. And you can expect a full review coming as I'm playing through this. I I will tell you this. My son is absolutely obsessed with Cat Quest. Uh, He started playing it last or yesterday. And then... um, this morning we had a two hour delay because we got buckets of snow dumped on us. And, uh, he, the first thing he asked when I said, Hey buddy, we got a two hour delay. And he jumped up out of bed and he goes, can I play cat quest? So he's really enjoying it. And I'm also enjoying it. It's a, it's a good game and, uh, look forward to my full review coming soon until then you can just check out the preview again on YouTube. Project Reality will bring to home video players the same types of astounding visual effects seen in movies. We got one story for the lightning round, and that is that Super Mario Odyssey gets 1,000 speedrun submissions in two months. This is the the fastest that some that a game has reached 1,000 speedrun submissions, which is really impressive considering the Switch is only in its first year, so there's not that many Switches out there. I think it's somewhere around, you know what, I I think it's somewhere around 14 or 13 million or something like that. Uh, There's a lot of switches out there, but to have a game come out in a system's first year and have that game have that many speedrun submissions 
in that short amount of time, that's really, really impressive. Uh, the last lightning round story that I want to mention is that we've got a possible direct coming on January 11th. Now, right now, we don't know what's going on. There's a back in late 2017, uh, there are a lot of people saying that that uh, we would expect to see a Nintendo Direct in January. In December, there was some leaked emails from EA that kind of speculated that we were going to get a Direct in January. Um, on December 31st, Amazon accidentally listed like 18 uh, Nintendo Switch games, uh, not with titles or anything, just say, said Nintendo Switch placeholder with prices. Uh, and they took that was back down. So now they're gone. And then finally, uh, John Harker, who is a user on Resetera, which is basically what replaced, um, NeoGAF, uh, after that controversy and, uh, Emily Rogers, who is an admin there, they both kind of corroborated that there's supposed to be a, uh, a Nintendo direct on January 11th. Uh, Nintendo usually announces these things a couple days ahead of time, so we would probably hear something uh, by the 9th if it's going to be on the 11th. Um, what am I hoping to hear? I'm hoping that we hear about Virtual Console. I hope that we hear about the online service. I'm sure that we'll hear about Yoshi and Kirby because we already know that those are games that are coming, but I don't care if I hear about them. They're really not games for me. Um... We'll probably hear some Xenoblade 2 DLC info. Uh, some people are speculating that we're going to see Metroid Prime 4 footage. I really don't think that we're going to see that until E3, if we see it at all this year. And um, we'll probably have a release date for Project Octopath Traveler. Um, I think that we'll hear something about Fire Emblem, because we already know that there's going to be a full Fire Emblem game for the Switch coming uh, in this year, the uh, Nintendo has already announced that, but we haven't seen anything from it. Uh, and I expect that we'll probably hear more about Fire Emblem Warriors as well as Fire Emblem Heroes. There's, there's probably going to be a, a little bit of Fire Emblem peppered in all over the place there. Uh, and of course, because of that leaked email from EA, we'll probably hear about their game, which is called Fee. That's F E. Don't confuse that with Fire Emblem. And that's where you're some kind of weird glow-in-the-dark fox that runs around in the woods singing to other creatures. It looks really cool, without a doubt. It's just, it comes from EA, so I'm a little wary about, of it. Uh, anyway, um, you know, if if we find out more, then obviously I'll talk about it on the podcast, but right now it's all speculation, so I don't know, you know, take that information and do with it what you will. Nintendo, it's for breakfast now! Nintendo, it's the cereal! Wow! Well, everybody, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you want discussed, be sure to let me know at one of the ways that I mentioned at, this at the top of the show. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me on this first episode of 2018. Uh, if you're looking for ways to support the show, you, there, you can do a whole lot of ways to do that. You can just head on over to runjumpstomp.com support. Click one of the links there. You'll figure it out. You're smart people there. Um, the best way to, sh to support the show is just to share it with a friend. Uh, I really appreciate all of you guys that listen and download the show every time I put up one. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you to Tom Winter and Noteblock for the use of your music 
in uh, the show. Make sure that you check out their YouTube channels. They're linked in the show notes. And I will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. Thank you.